Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday indeed. I am coming at you from Paris. I am over in France at the moment. What is Candace Owens doing in France? What are your guesses? What do you guys think I'm doing? I'm not going to tell you until tomorrow. Today, the question of the day is this. Ready? If Adolf Hitler said in a speech, two plus two equals four, would he have been correct? I want you to think about that. Plus, later on, we're going to talk about Kamala Harris, who caused a ton of panic and outrage when she said to the survivors of Hurricane Ian that the Biden administration was going to focus on giving resources based on equity. Yeah, that's where we're at in America. All that and more today on Candace Owens. All right, guys, before we continue, I want to take a moment to speak with you about ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is what I use on all of my devices to fight back against big tech's control of the internet and prevent my online activity from being tracked. Social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram make their money by tracking your online activity. This includes your search history, the videos you've watched, and everything that you click on. Then they build a profile on you and sell that data off to advertisers, which is pretty messed up. You can anonymize much of your online presence by using ExpressVPN, which hides your IP address. This makes it much more difficult for these big tech companies to trace your online activity. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data, and it's incredibly easy to use. Just power up the app and protect all of your devices. So don't let big tech censor and track your data. Secure your internet with the VPN that I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Candice. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Candice. Again, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Candice to get three months free with my exclusive link. Go to expressvpn.com slash Candice right now and learn more. All right, before we get into the question of the day, I do want to follow up from last week's episode. On Friday, we covered the topic of homosexuality. I was a little nervous that I was going to get dragged on the internet. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast and are fans of mine are lesbian and are gay. And so I was interested in seeing your feedback on that most important discussion that we had, really trying to get to the bottom of whether or not we were artificially creating lesbian and gay people in this society in the same way that we are seeing these instances of pseudo transgenderism that is really inspired by pop culture. It's now popular and cultural and relevant for a child to say that they're confused about their identity. We talked about Ellen DeGeneres. We talked about people that survived sexual assault who sometimes turn to lesbian or gay relationships as a way to protect themselves. Feedback was overwhelming. I read your comments of some of you who said, yes, Candace, actually, I suffered a childhood trauma and today I'm a gay man or I'm a lesbian woman. So I was super inspired that we are able to continually have these sorts of deep discussions that many people are not willing to have. So thank you guys for that. I'm always reading the comments, whether it's on social media um, or if you're emailing the show. But today I asked you the question, if Adolf Hitler in a speech said two plus two equals four, would he have been correct? And ladies and gentlemen, the answer, of course, is no. He would have been wrong because he's Hitler. What's wrong with you? How dare you say that anything he said could have possibly been right? What are you, anti-Semitic? 
Do you want Jewish people to die? That kind of sort of embodies the sorts of discussions we have today where there's absolutely no nuance. Once we decide that an individual is a bad person, then everything that they've ever said or that they will say is shouldn't even be examined. It's, of course, wrong. It's, of course, backwards. This person is bad or good. This person is an evil person or a loving person. Everything in our society is black and white. In fact, I call this almost BLM syndrome. It sort of reminds me of when Black Lives Matter exploded onto the scene or even the 2020 protests of George Floyd. God forbid any individual leaned in and said, hey, but wait a minute, I don't know about this organization, Black Lives Matter. If you said that at the time, which of course, as you guys know, I did, suddenly you would become public enemy number one because how dare you exercise any nuance? Of course, Black Lives Matter is good. And if you disagree with Black Lives Mattering, then it's because you're a racist, right? You're just a bad person. How dare you even ask a question? So what? We don't know where all the money is going and it appears to be into a black hole. So I was thinking about that because I am so routinely frustrated by our inability to have any nuance. I'm so frustrated that every time I try to explore a comment or an organization when it's trending and it's trendy to love that organization or to love that individual, I am always hitting the media, right? For example, when this the out, at the outbreak of the war between Russia and Ukraine, I said what was totally fine to say a couple of years ago. Zelensky's a bad faith actor. If you were reading the New York Times or the Washington Post a couple of years ago, they were honest about his bizarre ties to billionaires and some shady dealings in the region. Obviously, people would say that Ukraine was a laundromat and people in the West would go there to clean their money. That was all fine years ago. But now all of a sudden he's been promoted to, I don't know, the cover of Vogue, cover of Vanity Fair. Forbes is doing a piece on him. He's dressed well. He's got a stylist. And now we are only supposed to say good things about President Zelensky. And we're only supposed to say bad things about Vladimir Putin. That's just where we are today. And I had gotten hit by the media because I had the audacity. You're not even going to believe what I did. It's really bad. I had the audacity to read one of Putin's speeches in its entirety and to comment on it. I know it's crazy. Why on earth would we do that? We have the media who are supposed to read the speeches for us, interpret it for us, and tell us what to think. We're not supposed to think for ourselves or to think critically or to think with a little bit of nuance. You're not going to believe this, though, guys. It's it's Monday, and I'm fired up, and I'm going to do it again. I did it again. I read one of his speeches in its entirety, Vladimir Putin's, and he said something over the last couple of days um, he actually said several things that I wanted to bring to your attention. Now, again, because I have to say it, obviously, I am not supporting Vladimir Putin in the same way that I am not supporting President Zelensky. I think there is a lot going on in that region that few of us will even understand. And it is important that we talk about it because it may impact. In fact, it is it is impacting us now. Right. There now, if you're following uh, what's going on, you have Putin, who is outright accusing America of attacking the pipeline, of attacking Nord Stream, of basically trying to inspire an energy crisis throughout Europe because it would benefit us. Now, 
I can't say whether that's true or false, obviously. I wouldn't possibly know that. But what I can say is that some other notes that he hit in his speech are interesting, and I want to see what you think about it. So essentially, the speech that he gave is him saying, um, and I'm summarizing here, that uh, the American way, the Western way, has always been one of plundering, of inspiring wars because we were facing an economic crisis or an energy crisis, and he's accusing us of doing the same here. He starts talking about this inflated capitalization of America, basically saying that we don't have any true wealth, really. We inflates the costs of social media companies, but that's not actually true wealth because it doesn't help us feed our families. So I'm going to directly quote him. You can't feed them with those pieces of paper and the virtual inflated capitalization of Western social media companies can't heat their homes. Everything I'm saying is important. And what I just said is no less so. You can't feed anyone with paper. You need food. And you can't heat anyone's home with these inflated capitalizations. You need energy. That is why politicians in Europe have to convince their fellow citizens to eat less, take a shower less often, and dress warmer at home. And those who start asking fair questions like, why is that in fact, are immediately declared enemies, extremists, and radicals. They point back at Russia and say, that is the source of all of your troubles. Now, the reason why I found, I'm going to stop right there, the reason why I found that part to be interesting is because we saw that in real time in America. So it doesn't really matter what you think about Ukraine or Russia or Vladimir Putin or Zelensky, but we watched in real time how before there was ever any conflict in that region, before anybody had declared war in that region, our gas prices were going up. We saw this. It was happening. And we're going to the pump. We were saying, why are these gas prices going up? We were told that the inflation was transitory, that it was only going to be for a little bit. First, we were told it wasn't happening. Then we were told that it was transitory. And then suddenly, this conflict breaks out in the region. And we were told, oh, the reason why this is happening, the reason why the gas prices are so high is because of Vladimir Putin. And that, of course, didn't make any sense because it wasn't what we were told before that conflict ever broke out. So it made me ask the question, why are we, why are we suddenly saying that? But I want to go on. He says here, I want to make special note of the fact that there is every reason to believe that the Western elites are not going to look for constructive ways out of the global food and energy crisis that they and they alone are to blame for as a result of their long-term policy dating back long before our as he refers to it, special military operation in Ukraine. I am afraid they would rather use other formulas they are more comfortable with. And here it is important to recall that the West built itself out of its early 20th century challenges with World War I. Profits from World War II helped the United States finally overcome the Great Depression and become the largest economy in the world and to impose on the planet the power of the dollar as a global reserve currency. And the 1980s crisis, things came to a head in the 1980s again, the West emerged from it unscathed largely by appropriating the inheritance and resources of the collapsed and defunct Soviet Union. That's a fact. Now, by the way, he's saying that that's a fact. I learned that from, uh, I learned that from a Western book called The World for Sale. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, a lot of our traders went in. Obviously, things were insane in those territories, and they began moving oil out of the region. So there is some merit to that. Now, if that's entirely what happened, I couldn't say. But like I said, you can read the book. It's called The World for Sale, and it talks about what happens with the collapse of the, so of the Soviet Union. 
But here's where it gets especially interesting and where I want I want you to think about and I want you to write into the show and tell me what you think about it. He goes on to talk about what he describes as this neo-colonial model, right? Uh, which is, as he describes it, ultimately doomed. He says this, but I repeat that its real masters will cling to it to the end. They simply have nothing to offer the world except to maintain the same system of plundering and racketeering. They do not give a damn about the natural right of billions of people, the majority of humanity, to freedom and justice, the right to determine their own future. They have already moved on to the radical denial of moral, religious, and family values. Let's answer some very simple questions for ourselves, he continues. Now I would like to return to what I said and I want to address also all citizens of the country, not just the colleagues that are in the hall, but all citizens of Russia. Do we want to have here in our country, in Russia, parent number one, parent number two, and parent number three, instead of a mother and a father? Do we want our schools to impose on our children from their earliest days in school perversions that lead to degradation and extinction? Do we want to drum into their heads the ideas that certain other genders exist along with women and men to offer them gender reassignment surgery? Is that what we want for our country and our children? This is all unacceptable to us. We have a different future of our own. Let me repeat that the dictatorship of the Western elites targets all societies, including the citizens of Western countries themselves. This is a challenge to all. This complete renunciation of what it means to be human the overthrow of faith and traditional values, and the suppression of freedom are coming to resemble a religion in reverse, pure Satanism. That is interesting. I'm going to stop there and ask you what you think about that, because while I can't speak to the rest of his speech, and obviously there's propaganda in this, there's propaganda in our media, there's propaganda in the West, there's propaganda in the East, what I can say is that this is an interesting question. Do we even want to have this sort of a society? What does it mean when you have a leader like Putin attempting to galvanize people in this country by speaking to what are, in fact, evils in our country, right? The, the idea that a leader is now using those evils to try to inspire people to get behind him, right, to, to sort of declare war on Western ideology is problematic. And we should talk about that because if we don't have the willingness to talk about that and we allow and we pretend that it's normal, right? If we just say, oh, well, well, it doesn't matter. These are the rantings of a madman. It doesn't matter that what he's saying is, yes, we are saying that ch children should be offered gender reassignment surgery. Yes, we are starting children on puberty blockers. What we are doing is so evil that is allowing a bad person to point the finger at us and say, are you with me? Or are you with them? And it is true that the people in our country who are speaking out against these evils are being turned on by the media, right? When somebody stands up in our country and says, no, it's not okay to trans the kids. No, it's not okay to fundamentally alter the bodies of children. We are referred to as transphobic, right? We are shut down. Our speech is shut down. We are smeared um, as, as hateful bigots, who just don't understand. And then we're, we're supposed to allow them to fly a banner that says love is love. No, love is, love is not telling a child that they should alter their perfect little bodies um, for an idea that will never manifest. You cannot just think your way into a different gender. Again, the reason why I want to point 
this out is because we are losing the moral high ground in this country. America is losing the moral high ground, right? If this was a few decades ago and you heard Putin give a speech and say these sorts of things, you would, we, we would say we are a country with good values. We are a country that believes in God. We are a country that defends our children. We are a country that teaches our children things of substance in the classrooms. All of that has radically changed our value system, at least the ones that they are trying, that is coming from the top, right? The Department of Education attempting to teach CRT, critical race theory, attempting to teach children to judge one another based on the color of their skin. You're either white and privileged or you're either black and you're oppressed. This is not a society with good morals. And if we don't have good morals, right, we cannot stand up in the world and say, that we want to spread democracy, that we want to spread our ideas. The, if the ideas are poisonous in America, of course the ideas are going to be considered poisonous overseas. We have to have the courage to talk about that because pretending that it's not happening and just saying Putin bad is not going to be a solution. It's not going to be a long-term solution. Again, I encourage you guys to read the speech in its entirety. There are things that I fundamentally disagree with all throughout it. But that part about saying that we are beginning to put forth a religion in reverse, which is pure Satanism, as a Christian, as a Christian that believes that Satan is the author of lies and deceptions, I see that it is a satanic thing for us to tell children that they can pick their gender. And I will continue to say that, irrespective of whether or not that lands me wrongly assumed, at least in the press, uh, lands me as somebody who's going to be smeared as a Putin puppet, as they like to say. All of this to say, obviously, that our world is not just black and white. It's important to continue to educate ourselves and to ask ourselves questions that make us uncomfortable. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, guys, before we continue, I want to take a brief moment to talk to you about Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the best and easiest way to digitally preserve your old tapes, your films, your pictures, and your audio files. They make it super simple by sending you a Legacy Box, which is a kit that you fill with all of your old VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, film, and photos. Each kit includes everything you need to safely pack and send your materials. Then their team sends everything back to you on a thumb drive, a DVD, or the cloud preserving your memories forever so that they can easily be shared and passed on to future generations. Right now, for a limited time, Legacy Box is running a $9 videotape sale. It's usually about $27 or $30. So now is the time to get started. I use Legacy Box to preserve my old photos and tapes, and I highly suggest that you do the same. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Candice to shop their $9 tape sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash Candice to unlock this special offer. All right, guys, now it's time for some topics to jour. You know, the left just never misses an opportunity to just be disgusting. I mean, you would think there could be one thing that might unite Americans. It's a natural catastrophe, right? Just a natural catastrophe. There's nobody involved in making this thing happen. Like, I don't know, a hurricane. A tornado. Hurricane Ian down in Florida took place. And as I said, the left can never waste an opportunity. So rather than being decent human beings and saying, 
you know what, let's all get together and try to help all of these families uh, to make sure that they have the resources that they need, state aid, federal aid. Of course, the Biden administration is thinking this is a good time to talk to people about climate change. Now, let me make something clear. If there wasn't a single human being on the face of the planet, hurricanes would still happen. Like tornadoes would still happen, like blizzards would still happen, like rain would still happen, like sleet would still happen, like snow would still happen. But now they have this all catchphrase and every time a weather event takes place, they start talking about climate change because ultimately what they want to do is convince people to give them more power, right? Look, the climate is changing. The seasons are changing. It's fall. The leaves are coming down. Quick, quick, come hide behind government. Agree to give us more money. Agree to more tax funding to ridiculous projects like the Paris Accord uh, and uh, see how it gets you absolutely nothing in return. So yeah, Hurricane Hurricane Ian obviously has been a natural catastrophe down in Florida and the Biden administration wasted no time. Kamala Harris, who is the least liked vice president of all time, decided to attend an event for climate change and to speak about Hurricane Ian with Priyanka Chopra, who is an actress. Take a listen. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And I'm so women. we... Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Giving resources based on equity? What, what, are we even, what are we even talking about? How did you just transform your first BS stance on climate change into a second BS stance on equity? So now what, what are we going to line people up and say, oh, well, I'm sorry, I see that your house has been taken out by Hurricane Ian, but you're not black enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I see that um, your entire life has been devastated by this disaster, but you're not a woman, so you're not going to be able to help you. Yeah, she actually said this. And of course, people were understandably upset and understandably frustrated, and the press had an opportunity to ask her to clarify those comments, and she decided to just completely ignore them. Take a listen to this. You know, you want to laugh, but it is sad. I think it's a sad circumstance when under no, no matter what takes place. And this is, by the way, their same exact M.O. when there's a school shooting that takes place rather than actually caring about the victims, rather than actually caring about the students and their parents. Their first initiative is how do I secure more power for myself? Right. The first thing they do is they get down and they start talking about gun control and the legislation that they're going to pass, which is going to give the government more power. And it's sad. It's sad that we have become this overtly politicized, that we can't take a step back and think about Americans. 
first and foremost and together as one unit, not left versus right. So she continues to be, as I said, uh, the least like vice president of all time. Don't really see that changing. Next up is a weird story. And I, I don't know why I was so interested in the story, maybe because, as you guys know, my husband hosts poker matches once a month. I do not know how to play poker whatsoever. But I saw this scandal break out. A young woman who also is new to poker uh, decided to play on Hustler Casino Live last Thursday. And an entire scandal broke out because she went all in, to use a poker phrase, which means she put all of her chips in uh, on a weak hand, a weak hand, a jack high hand, and she won. Basically, the odds were not in her favor at all. And so people that were watching this online, and she was up against a man named Garrett Edelstein, by the way, um, and he believes that she cheated, right? So you see this moment, which she kind of puts her hand down and she turns her ring around. And then she comes back and she doubles and triples down on this hand and she wins $269,000. And the guy, Garrett Edelstein, sort of says, I don't know what's going on here. And he suspects that she's using a vibration device on her finger. And so after the game, apparently, which is we obviously could not see what happened, he speaks to her and he says, millions of people are going to watch what you did. And she decides to give the money back to him, which is completely bizarre. If you won the hand fair and square, why would you then give money back to the guy who you allegedly beat? And I was talking about this and realizing that we keep seeing these very niche, bizarre scandals, right? So this happened in the poker world a couple of weeks ago. Something similar happened in the chess world where the best chess player in the entire world got beat uh, by somebody that was younger. And it was the same allegations. They believe that he's using a vibration device to cheat. And then I sort of thought about how sad that is, that these sort of old school protected games, right, poker, chess, are now kind of being taken over by these allegations of cheating. And I don't know if that's a sign that people are becoming more and more desperate or people are just losing their integrity altogether, right? Where you have these sports, if you will, that are being watched and there are these various scandals after scandals. And I thought it was interesting because it really is a marker that we no longer, we no longer have a gentleman culture, if you will. I was thinking about this topic more uh, and talking about it with my husband of how much we have deviated away from gentleman culture. Think about a time in America where we used to have duels, where people would take, it sounds ridiculous now, but people would take a couple of steps, count their steps, turn around and challenge each other to a duel, whoever could fire first. And you think about that now and you think, wow, that those people must have been so honest that they took exactly the amount of steps and turned around. Nobody cheated and turned around and shot the other person because people had more integrity back in the day. And now today, it seems at least, obviously, I don't know, but you should go watch the clip of her with this ring and putting her hand down and go look at that story of that kid who is uh, somehow beating every chess player that's ever played the game. And it does seem that it's because we don't have the same values anymore. And so we cheat. We cheat to get ahead. We cheat to make money for her. She's a brand new poker player, but apparently she's good enough to beat Garrett Edelstein. So keep an eye on those stories. I think that they're super interesting. 
Jumping in to the next story, and this one makes me so angry. You will recall during the George Floyd riots, notoriously, there were those, those two lawyers, those two graduates. Honestly, I, if I remember correctly, I think she was a Yale graduate, or she was at least in school to be a lawyer at Yale University. And during the George Floyd riots, this woman, Aruj Rahman, threw a Molotov cocktail into a police cruiser in New York. It completely torched the NYPD patrol car. And she is now, obviously, uh, she has a trial now. She's going through it and she's whining. She's basically saying that she should be completely allowed off because she was drunk and dealing with unprocessed trauma. I mean, if that just doesn't sound like just complete crap. I was dealing with unprocessed trauma at the time, so I threw a Molotov cocktail into the police cruiser. And what really made me so angry about this particular story, and I followed it and I reported on it at the time, was the fact that she only spent 28 days in Brooklyn Federal Jail before she posted $250,000 bail. And that infuriated me because just a few months later, obviously, January 6th, right, when they were locking people up for months on end because they walked through the Capitol building. I mean, I'm talking about there was a high school student who I had covered who had spent months in prison, longer than this woman had spent. And he was not guilty of any violence. He did not throw a Molotov cocktail into police police cruiser, but he was on the wrong side because he was a conservative and he walked into the Capitol building. And yet this woman spent just 28 days. Her lawyers, her lawyers, pardon me, contended that she had been downing vodka on an empty stomach on that day. And so she was really drunk and she had this unprocessed uh, trauma. And she also, among other excuses, she had been in abusive partnerships in the past. Oh, and she also, as another excuse that they gave, uh, she was Muslim in America during 9-11. So there's a lot of trauma going on, which led her to this moment where she threw a Molotov cocktail into a police cruiser. Uh, thankfully, there were no police officers in there or else they would have wound up dead. But these are the excuses that she's giving. I mean, they're just so bratty, right? Just let me off. I'm, I, I'm, I have unprocessed trauma and I was drinking on an empty stomach. If this flies, and I'm going to bet that it will, we really should be infuriated. I'm already infuriated, but if this, if they let her off, if this judge actually takes a look at these pathetic excuses and allows her to face no consequences, allows her to serve no prison time, which is what she is asking for, and then it will really show you just how politicized our courts have become, just how politicized that if you are a leftist, you can get away with anything, literally almost murder, right? She, she could have killed police officers. But if you're on the right, God forbid you walk within the capital that your tax dollars are paying for. Moving on to this next strange story, uh, we have Nancy Pelosi, who claimed that illegal immigrants need to stay in Florida to, ready, pick crops down here. Here is her at a press conference on Friday. Take a listen. We have a shortage of workers in our country. And you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. 
Yeah, we just casually, <laughs> just like, could you imagine, by the way, if Trump had said that? It's just so casually. Yeah, we need these illegals to pick the crops down here. We have a shortage, so we're going to need them to come down here and do some field work. It's just amazing. I, I don't know if it's just because she's so old that she gets away with just sort of saying whatever she wants. You do get to a point where you're just so old and you can just say whatever you want, you know, like grandmas say whatever they want. Uh, but this is pretty bad. But this is what they actually think, by the way. Every single time they talk about the illegal immigrants, they keep talking about the jobs that nobody wants, right? They keep saying essentially that we need these people to do these jobs that nobody wants. We need them to pick the crops. And it's just interesting because for whatever reason, the press just allows them to get away with it. The left is always allowed to speak their implicit racism boldly on camera and at press conferences. But God forbid if a conservative, a Ted Cruz, a Donald Trump, or any other person on the right ever spoke like that, they would never, we would never hear the end of it. There would be wall-to-wall coverage of it. All right, moving on. Biden recently thanked a Coast Guard rescue swimmer uh, for his work during Hurricane Ian. He rescued a lot of people. And so Biden gave him a phone call and thanked him. Small catch, that same person is about to be fired by Biden because he is refusing to get the vaccine. So yes, the White House publicized this call in a press release and Biden bragged about calling this guy and oh, they're doing all the all that they're doing to to save lives. It's so wonderful what what these people are doing to save lives. Yes, actually, uh, Joe Biden, I tend to agree with you on that. So why are you forcing them to get a vaccine to keep their jobs? This is still going on. It's it, it's so ridiculous, by the way, in just traveling yesterday to Paris and seeing that suddenly it's COVID no more, right? Now you can travel wherever you want. The airport was completely packed. I mean, it was like person to person because the flights were running late. Everyone's laying, you know what I'm talking about. People are laying on the ground at the airport. No one's got a mask on. It's hot, it's humid. And you're thinking, wow, I thought I thought COVID, this would have been a huge threat to COVID. Now it's just no more, nobody cares, right? You don't have to show any COVID vax cards. You guys know that I'm not vaccinated. I'm allowed into Paris. I can leave Paris. I can go back to America. But still, this is going on. We still have the our members that are serving that are being told that if they refuse the vaccine, they are no longer going to be able to serve this country. Why? What, what game are we playing anymore? When the people that should be the most valued are being told that they are not needed unless they agree to roll up their sleeves and submit to, I don't know, what are we, number one, two, three, four, I don't know how many vaccines we're on today. They're being told that. And so this Coast Guard rescue swimmer is about to lose his job. And when he was asked about that, he said, quote, it just sucks that he thanked me, yet the vaccine mandate is what's kicking me out. I just love my job and I'm really good at it. It sucks. I feel like this is the job that I was born to do. Yeah, it does suck. It doesn't just suck for him. It sucks for us as well because we are use, we are losing a lot of good men and women in the armed forces. Uh, and it's all due to this arbitrary idea that for whatever reason, they should have to submit their healthy bodies to faux science, the faux pseudoscience that is Fauci and the Biden administration colluding to make more Americans take this vaccine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have to say about that. As you know, the remainder portion of the show is going to be available exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. I will be 
giving you guys my thoughts on infant circumcision since somebody had a question about that. So if you're not yet a member, go ahead and click the link in the description and subscribe right now. Thank you.